And God, we give you thanks that you are a God who cares for our souls. You care for our spiritual well-being. You care for our wellness. You meet us in the places where we thirst and in the places where we are hungry. We thank you that you meet us in this place where we come to drink from the depths of who you are, where you feed us at your table. Be present to us now. We give you thanks. Amen. I have now lived in Texas for 10 years. When I arrived, I heard about these tall Texas adventures. And over these last 10 years, I kept thinking I would experience one. Well, on August 14th, I was celebrating my birthday, and I unwittingly ended up in one of those tall Texas adventures. I wasn't expecting it to happen that day, but it did. I went to a little nature preserve between Austin and Fredericksburg called Hamilton Pool. Now, I thought I had prepared. I had my brand new adventure hat. I had my sunglasses. I was wearing my loafers, shorts, and I saw a sign that said, Riverwalk, half mile. I immediately imagined a nice leisurely stroll along the river. Now before I go any further, let me say that my idea of camping is a three-day stay at the Marriott, and my idea of hiking is window shopping at the Galleria. (laughs) I saw the sign that said a half-mile walk, and I thought, this is going to be easy, no problem. Of course, it was 100 degrees in August, but my friend Alvin and I set out on our little river walk. It wasn't long until I was going down a hill with loose gravel. I immediately realized that those loafers were not the right shoes. Next thing you know, I am crawling under a log. And then I'm climbing over boulders. Before I know it, I am sweating, hot. What have I gotten myself into? This is not just a walk. This is turning into Mount Everest. (laughs) The hotter it got, the thirstier I got. Fortunately, Alvin is always prepared, and that day he had brought three bottles of water for our half-mile walk. We knew we were in trouble when two other walkers were coming back from the end of the walk, and they could barely move, and they were covered with scrapes sweat pouring down. But at that point, we were determined we were going to make it all the way to the end. By the time we got to the end, we were exhausted. And it was very clear that the sign was wrong. This was not a half-mile walk. Now, we had three bottles of water, and at this point, we had had two bottles of water. For the return trip, we had only one bottle of water between the two of us. We started back climbing over the boulders, crawling under the rocks, climbing across logs, 
we drank some of the water. We still had a long ways left, and it was a half a bottle of water left. I grabbed that bottle of water and started to swig it down as fast as I could. And Alvin immediately said, don't drink it all, not so fast, save some for me. We finally made it back. But I remembered those words that Alvin said, not so fast, don't drink it all, save some for me. And it occurred to me, the contrast between what Alvin said and what Jesus says in today's scripture. In today's scripture, Jesus says, if you are thirsty, come to me. Not once does Jesus say, don't drink at all. Not once does Jesus say, not so fast. Not once does Jesus say, save some for me. Jesus says, if you are thirsty, come to me. And when that little leisurely stroll becomes a hike, when your journey suddenly is more challenging than you expected, I will give you the life-giving water that comes from the inside. And that's what Jesus is saying to us today. Wherever you are on your journey, if your walk has become a hike, if life has become difficult for you, come to me and I will give you what you need. If you are thirsty, Jesus says, come. Now let's talk about the context of today's scripture. Today's scripture is happening in Jerusalem. It's the Feast of the Tabernacles. The Feast of the Tabernacles was a very important celebration in the life of that community because it was a time when they remembered when as a community they were incredibly thirsty. The Feast of the Tabernacles was a seven-day reenactment of the wilderness journey when the people were incredibly thirsty. And it's where they celebrated the story of how God came to meet their thirst. Now when they reenacted this story as part of the celebration, they would pour the water. On the seventh day of this celebration, Jesus transformed that experience forever. When he stood before the masses and said, if you are thirsty, come to me. They were praising God for the physical water that God provided during their 40 days and the 40 years in the wilderness. But here, Jesus is saying, there is a water that is deeper than the water you have celebrated for these hundreds of years. There is a water deep enough to quench your thirst in places where you didn't even know you were thirsty. Come to me, Jesus says. This water is like no other water for several reasons. This water is different because this water is always there. It never runs out. This water is also different because not only is it always there, it's everywhere. This water is all around. Not only is this water there and it's this water everywhere, but this water comes from the deepest source because it comes from the heart of God revealed through Jesus Christ. There is no water like this. This water is always there. And it makes me wonder, for what are we really thirsty? What is it that we want to always be there? 
it seems to me that our deepest thirst is our thirst for belonging. That thirst to always be connected. The thirst to belong. A thirst to belong has been part of you since you were born. When you feel separated, this thirst is revealed. When you are not included, this thirst is revealed. Your thirst is sincere. Don't consider your thirst as an expression of your neediness. Your thirst comes from God, and it's a part of you. Yet sometimes your fear of abandonment and rejection is so intense that your thirst for belonging, it's often replaced by a longing for concrete and numerous expressions of friendship and affection. You want deep belonging, and you end up looking for imitations, letters, phone calls, gifts, and similar gestures. And when these do not come in the way you wish, you start distrusting. You distrust that deep thirst for belonging. Your thirst for belonging often takes place too far from where true belonging can be found. Belonging is your authentic thirst, and it will be given to you. Yet you have to dare to stop seeking gifts and favors like a whiny child and trust that your deepest thirst will be satisfied. Even at this exact moment, God is ready to meet our deepest thirst through Jesus Christ. The waters of baptism are the waters of God's love, and they give us that rebirth. They enfold us and refresh us. At any moment, if you feel rejected, look into your heart, breathe, remember your salvation in Jesus Christ, that presence of God's love that is always there as close as a thought, as close as a prayer. Jesus says, come to me if you're thirsty, and I will give you the deepest waters coming from inside of you. The water of God's love is always there. And it's also everywhere. Have you noticed that cup holders have now become both a science and an art? It seems like every car is finding more and more ways to make cup holders more and more convenient. I mean, you can drive to work and you can have a cup holder on your right, on your left. I mean, I'm waiting for any day a cup holder to come down when you push a button. It'll just like lower from the ceiling of your car. It'll be right there. Cup holders are at the ballpark. They're now built into our furniture. Everywhere we go, there's cup holders. I'm sure soon we'll be getting requests to have cup holders here in the sanctuary. We'll see what happens with that one. <laughs> I see a few heads already going, no. But to me, cup holders serve as a metaphor of our faith. God has a source available to us everywhere. It's all around. God's love is right there within our grasp. Sometimes I think we forget the powerful sources that are all around us. God's love is amazing, and it's available. It's always there, and it's everywhere. God has so much love for you 
God wants to give you more love than you have ever dared to ask for. It's God's desire to guide you, protect you, provide for you, and shower you with love. It is also God's desire that you be happy, healthy, and loved. God cherishes you. God desires that you experience total well-being. Very often, we hold on to thoughts of unworthiness and hopelessness because of bad experiences that have happened to us. Or we look at the absence of certain experiences that are in our lives as evidence that we are being punished or forgotten by God. God's love is stronger than circumstance or experience. Spend time allowing God to know you just as you are. Know and receive God as the peace, joy, strength, power, and abundance that you so desire in your life. It's yours for the asking. Jesus says, if you are thirsty, come to me. It's yours for the asking. Our great challenge is to practice that presence that's always there. Sometimes what we need is right in front of us, but we get so caught up in what's going on around us that we don't see it. I would invite each of us to find more and more ways to practice the presence of the living Christ. I had a friend in Seattle named Mike when I lived there who was always thinking of new ways to practice the presence of Christ. And as he continued to find new ways to pray the Psalms, to practice the presence of Christ, Christ became so real that he actually described Jesus as someone who was constantly walking with him. It became so real to him that one morning as he was driving to work, he was imagining Jesus sitting right next to him in the passenger seat. And he was driving along, feeling that incredible presence, praising God for that living relationship, when suddenly he glanced over and saw that his briefcase was in the seat. His experience of Christ was so practical and so real that he literally looked over and he went, you know, I need to move that briefcase (laughs) to make room for Jesus. And he literally pulled his car over and moved the briefcase so that that presence could become even more real. Now that sounds a little bit crazy, but it amazes me that Jesus had become that living and that real. And how can we do that in our own lives? What ways can we practice that living presence? As we practice that presence, we will find that our hungers are met and our thirst is quenched. Jesus says, come to me if you are thirsty. I have life-giving water that comes all the way from the inside of you. It's always there. It's everywhere. And it comes from that deepest source. And what is that deepest source? It is the heart of the living God. I love how Jesus also said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Notice what Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't say, I have come that you might have life and have it more superficially. He says, I have come that you might have life in the deepest, truest, most powerful way. The good news of the gospel today is that we have a God who meets our deepest hungers and our thirst. It's that living water to refresh our souls again 
and again. We can never drink it all. We can never drink it too fast. And there's always enough for everybody. Amen.